Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40. If you're searching for inspiring and easy to apply Enneagram and human design content, then you've come to the right place. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two friends and coaches who are passionate about sharing our knowledge and insights on these two powerful self-awareness systems to help you step outside the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're so grateful to have you here. Let's jump into today's episode. This is our final episode of our conversation on connecting with our three centers of intelligence. And I think this is probably going to be my favorite conversation from the three we're having here, Carrie. The reason for it is that we're talking about the body and the intelligence. Within the Enneagram framework, this is going to be the gut body center, also known as the instinctive triad. And when it comes to human design, I'm going to be sharing more about the spleen center. And I love conversation on the nervous system and intuition. So that's a big reason why I'm excited for today's conversation. And Carrie, what is your favorite center in the center of intelligence. What is your favorite one? Do you have a favorite? I don't have a favorite, but I think we both lean towards this center because this center mm. is the center both of our Enneagram types belong to. So I just think we maybe feel more of a connection yeah. to this center. So I love talking about the body center. I think for me, it's a center that I'm usually thinking about a lot throughout my day. I'm really aware of it. It's not always in a great way, but my body helps keep me grounded and connected to the present moment. And so I really try to always be aware of it for that reason. But like we've said in past episodes, the whole point is to balance our three centers, our head, our heart, and our body. So hopefully today, learning a little bit more about the body center will help anyone out there who is feeling a disconnect to that center or maybe not even an awareness of the importance that this center plays for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love whenever we put the two systems side by side, the connection that we see between them as well. And you just mentioning that maybe might tend to favor the body center because of being a one in the Enneagram system. I am a nine part of the body. And then for me as a projector and a very open projector, a lot of my wisdom to gain throughout my lifetime is connection into the body. So I love when we kind of look at those two side by side and how well they connect together. Yeah. And I think us both being projectors, us both being in the body center, it's a natural tendency that we would love this center, become excited talking about this center and mm -hmm. feel pulled toward this center, even in our day-to-day -day work and what we tend to try to help people with. Like with the other two centers, we talked about some of the more unproductive ways we use this center. So for our body center, that could mean actual physical sensations such as overly tense numbness in the body, which maybe is stemming from some sort of physical anxiety that we're holding within the body. When people are in defensive mode all the time or always on guard or alert, this can create a lot of unproductiveness within the body. 
dissociating, which we talk about a lot on here, is also a really unproductive way that people can go into their bodies. But for reasons of disconnecting from reality, which isn't always the healthiest thing, any kind of irritation, digestive issues, which again, I'm not saying any of these are necessarily within our control, but these are unproductive ways our body may respond to something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we look at it from human design lens, and I'm specifically speaking about the spleen center today, this is where our well-being resides. You're talking about the health of the body and the immune system. And if someone has a defined spleen center, they may have a little bit more of a resilient nervous system because with definition, you have consistent energy. If you have an open spleen center, then you have a large variety of ways you can use the energy that you're collecting from outside of yourself. So you can be more sensitive and maybe can get sick a little bit more often. It's also the center where instinct resides and intuitive knowing where you just get these hits of knowingness or these senses of something being right or not right for you. And so it's one of those areas where it's really about getting in touch with what are you sensing in your body? How is the inner knowing speaking to you? It may be like a quick in the moment, or it may be something you hear. It may be something that you smell or feel in a different way. There's also the fear gates in the spleen center. And this is where it's instinctive. It's our primal defense also. So the different fears we can experience in life can hold us back from taking steps towards big goals or doing adventurous things within our lives. So there's always the need to push through some discomfort and know that in the moment it's scary. But once you push through and you get to the other side, then it's just kind of like, oh, well, that wasn't too bad. I know that happens to me a lot where that primal fear just kind of takes over. There's also good ways to use the fear, but there's also getting paralyzed in the fear of the spleen too. And just like there are unproductive ways of responding or these less desirable ways of utilizing this center, there are also really productive ways that we can use the body center. Anytime we just feel relaxed and open, a lot of times a lot of us only feel this like when we're on vacation or laying on a beach when we've carved out this intentional time to allow our bodies to relax because we don't do this on a regular basis enough in our society. Like Dominique was talking about just now, anytime we're sensing with our body and using that sensing to bring us into the present moment or to connect with our intuition is a very productive action the body center takes. So smells, sounds, any kind of visions that are just overwhelming and they bring you back to the present moment. A lot of times this happens for us when we're out in nature or we're in a new place and everything just looks new and exciting and we're just taking it all in. Anytime we use that inner voice or that intuition or that level of self-knowing and self-trust, that is another way to connect in a really productive way with your body center. Yeah. And that's such a, a beautiful thing when we talk about connection to the body through the senses. And that very much shows up 
in the spleen center with some of these fear gates that I mentioned. And also when we look at the shadow side of it, just like anything we experience, there can be a high end and a low end, the shadow side of things and the healthier side of things. We get to choose. We get to choose how we want to respond versus react. And when it comes to the splenic center, it's can be very reactive. And that's actually part of if you hear in some human design conversations, this transition into 2027, which they call it the solar plexus mutation. This is kind of what's happening. We're moving from this reactivity state of the spleen, this instinctive state of survival, and kind of almost a little bit fear-based, controlling, really needing certainty in life to the emotional solar plexus where there's more intention. It's emotional. It's creative. This is where when we learn how to use our emotions properly, it is responsive, not reactive. So when you hear about this shift happening that is occurring in 2027, we're already in the shift. It's been happening for almost the past 400 years. But this is that moving from the spleen center to the emotional solar plexus to live in more of a place of the creativity, the love, the feeling of connection with others. It's such a beautiful thing to be a part of that. And when it comes to the shadow side of the spleen, it can be a place where if you're open, can maybe sometimes tend to hold on to things, beliefs, people, grudges for longer than what is good and healthy for you. And that's something that I very much saw playing out in my life at one time. And I still have to be very aware of it since my spleen center is open. It's a matter of identifying what is your energy, what is the energy from outside yourself. When it's open, it's usually outside yourself and being able to respond versus react. But I think that's a really important part to know about the spleen if you get this potential of holding on to things longer than you even know is good for you, kind of looking at that, not through judgment, but curiosity and asking why that might be. It's so interesting that you mentioned holding on to things, holding grudges in relation to talking about this, because the three Enneagram types in the body center, two of which Dominique and I are, are types eight, nine, and one. And these are the types, stereotypically speaking, known for holding grudges, the people where it's harder for them to let go of stuff for whatever reason or another. It can be motivated by completely different reasons, but it's just interesting. We always gush about these two systems and how perfectly (laughs) they can overlay over each other. Just another example of that. Hey there, friend. Have you signed up for the Awakened and Alive After 40 newsletter yet? If not, we want to invite you to get on the list so you don't miss out on the exciting new offers we have planned for 2024. By receiving the weekly newsletter, you'll be the first to hear when new episodes drop, along with updates on a very special project we've been working on for our amazing community. Let's talk a little bit about Enneagram types 8, 9, and 1. So in general, with these types, their bodies may know before their minds what's really going on. So you might feel butterflies in the stomach about something before your mind has even processed what it is. I can certainly relate to this. Even as a kid, I would have all kinds of nervous feeling in my belly or digestive issues or whatever it may be 
and I didn't even know why. And it would be like, oh, well, the new school year is starting in a couple of days. And it was like my mm. body was reacting to that, but my brain hadn't even thought I was feeling this yeah. way. Did you have that experience as a kid or even now? So when I think back, absolutely. But because, and we've talked about this on episodes before, where I had a lot of dissociation within my lifetime when I was younger, I had very poor connection to my body. But now, as I've become more connected, I do have memories coming up that I'm like, wow, those were signs back then that I did not pay attention to because of that disconnect. But I do recognize that now. And I can catch that within myself now since I have that stronger connection. So it's pretty amazing. It really is. And the common focus of the types within this center tend to be control, justice, and fairness. So for type eights, they tend to direct their energy outward against the environment because they're trying to control things. They just don't want to be seen as weak. They want to take control of their own strength as well as try to motivate other people to be strong. Type nines tend to direct their energy both inward and outward against what they may think of as threats. So threats to their inner peace, threats to their feeling of contentment, threats to their own desire to not be impeded upon. Whatever that may be for each individual can look very different, even if you are looking at all type nines. So type nines will direct energy outward to sort of keep people at a distance, but then also direct energy inward, which tends to make them very disconnected, like Dominique was saying, from their inner state, because even their inner state can make them feel impeded upon. If they are feeling really in touch with it, then this is why a lot of type nines can dissociate from their own body mm. because it's almost like a nuisance or burden to them <laughs> to feel these yeah. uncomfortable things. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then for that... type ones, the energy tends to always be directed inward against their own internal impulses. So type ones can be very physically rigid in their bodies because they're trying to maintain perfect posture and they're just always trying to not allow any imperfection to show through their body, if that makes sense. Wow. I know it can be yeah. like, what does that look like? But if you yeah. think about a person who just is very sort of, I don't know, in our culture, maybe we would refer to them as like, tight laced yes, like I mean, somehow just like really I don't want to say rigid but I was just gonna say rigid very rigid very like tight within yeah, their tight. body yeah uptight yeah. like physically and in the personality sense yeah absolutely the common desire for the types within the body center are autonomy and independence these are for different reasons for each type but this is something that body center types really tend to want for themselves. These types can also have issues with aggression or repression. So type eights tend to have more of the issue with aggression, type ones with repression, type ones repress a lot of the things they're feeling, and type nines can go both ways. They repress a ton, but then type nines tend to reach point of explosion eventually, and then that aggression I know comes that. out. <laughs> yeah, it's like a volcano. Exactly. So type oh, nines can laugh about it now. do have connection to both of these issues. And then the emotional struggle within the body center when we're talking about the Enneagram is rage or anger. So for type eights, this rage or anger, it sort of just sits right under the surface. They aren't afraid to show it. 
they have the easiest access to it. And it tends to be just like a thunderclap, like it comes out and then it's done Mm -hmm. and they're fine. And sometimes they aren't even aware of sort of the destruction they've left behind them from this or feelings that may have gotten hurt in the wake of their emotional outburst. Mm -hmm. But once type eights either learn to apologize or reduce this emotional outburst, it tends to be fine. Or the people in type eights lives just accept this is how the person is and move on. It's not personal. It's just how type eights express their anger. Energetic in a way too. When I look at it from a human design lens, and you and I have talked about this actually, that when it comes to the energy types, manifestors and manifesting generators, their conditioned emotional response is anger. Anger for the manifester and then anger and frustration are two responses for manifesting generators. And it's energetic. It's not personal. It's not necessarily an emotional response in the way like sadness or happiness, things like that. It's just their way of discharging energy when they're off track, off alignment. And that's usually a telltale sign, the anger or the frustration and anger. So fascinating. Continuing about anger for type nines, Dominique, they tend to deny it. They truly believe they aren't feeling angry. I've worked with some type nines who are like, I, I just haven't felt anger in my life. I probably was one of right. them. Right. <laughs> and I think that they truly believe they haven't felt anger. Or yeah. They've said, I don't yeah. think anger is a productive emotion. So why feel it? And it's like, well, we're human. It's part of being yeah. human. We have to accept, like we've talked about earlier in this episode, the shadow sides of things. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, our society has labeled certain emotions as positive and some as negative and anger has gotten a very negative label. But if we look right. at all emotions as neutral, then we don't have a reason to judge our anger and not feel it. And I'm speaking yeah. from experience because I am a type one and type ones think anger is bad. They were taught or conditioned early on that this is an inappropriate emotion to show and so they repress it and then it gets stuck in the body and then you have so many issues come from that whether it's physical manifestations of diseases of autoimmune disorders of Mm -hmm. the plethora of things dominique and i have talked about in the past and just not learning how to healthily Mm -hmm. express these emotions can have lifelong negative impacts Big, big, big. And if anyone is interested in learning more about how repression of emotions really affects our bodies and how they can create manifestation of so many different diseases and illnesses, Dr. Gabor Mate, my absolute hero, I've talked about him plenty of times. He has two books, The Myth of Normal and When the Body Says No. I cannot recommend those books enough to better understand how repression of especially he talks a lot about repression of anger, how that greatly affects our bodies and our systems. We'll leave that information in the show notes too. So it's really important if you are interested in any kind of growth or improvement, or if any of this is resonating with you, that you feel like I want to get better in touch with my body to find some ways to come into better alignment with the body center. So like we've said before, ideally, we want to have equal access to all three of these centers in a really balanced and productive way. We want to be able to use our head center for rationality. We want to be able to use our heart center when we want to be emotionally connected. And we want to be able to use our body center when we need to take action, productive, healthy action in our lives. So 
in order to be able to do this, we need to have some kind of connection or alignment within this center. The first thing to do is to recognize when we're using our body center in an unproductive or self-sabotaging way. Like Dominique has experienced in her life, she knew she was very dissociated and just recognizing that. I realized I was repressing anger. I would never talk about when I was feeling anger, but people would see it on my face. Since I was a child, all the way through adulthood, people would say, what's wrong? And I would just say nothing. And they would say, you look angry. Your face is showing something different. And I just wouldn't feel comfortable talking about it. But once I started realizing all of this about myself through the Enneagram system is when I realized if you're angry and you're in a safe space with someone, you need to talk about it. You need to get all of this out. So recognizing where maybe you are having some difficulty with that alignment or connection to the body center is the most crucial step and the first thing that we need to do. Absolutely. And I love how you brought up when I became aware of this, when I recognized this, and that's what it's all about. These systems are not another labeling system. This is not slapping more labels on what we already love to label in our society. These systems are bringing awareness, awareness of how we have been impacted by our conditioning throughout our lifetime so that we then have greater choice. With awareness comes greater choice in being able to decide what avenue you want to take in your life to become the best version of yourself. And that's what has brought me closer to living a more authentic life. And I know for you as well, Carrie, and that's why we're so passionate talking about these systems, because it is, again, not labeling anything, but making you aware of how our energy impacts each other in the world, how our energy impacts our own lives. And again, going back to the conditioning that we pick up throughout our lives. And truly one of the most transformative experiences is learning about the Enneagram system for myself and tacking on top of that the human design system. And in human design, these three awareness centers, the Ajnas, the first one we spoke about, and then the emotional solar plexus was the second episode. And then today, the spleen center is greater awareness on what fears are holding you back, mental anxieties, emotional discomfort, intuitive pings or primal fears. The more you can recognize and understand them, the less scary it is. And the more courage you can find to work through these difficult areas. I know we might sound like we're always saying the same recommendations over and over, but a lot of what we've talked about in past episodes directly relates to getting the body center into a more aligned state. We are going to mention a lot of the things again, but you may have heard it if you've listened to past episodes where we've talked about these things, but they truly are the things that sound easy, sound like nothing, but they can have a huge impact on us. For example, sitting outside, taking however much time you have. If it's five minutes, great. If you can sit outside for 20 minutes, even better. Sitting outside without your phone, without any distractions and just listening, smelling, mm -hmm. looking, getting in touch with nature, hearing all of the sounds, looking at the incredible beauty, even if it's just a little patch of grass. Sometimes I just sit out on the front porch and I just stare at a little micro 
ecosystem happening mm-hmm. in the grass, just watching the ants walk around. And it's just a little five square inch place that yeah. I'm looking at, but there's so much activity happening in it, especially in the spring and summer when there's a little bit more activity going on in terms of animal movement and things like that. But it can have a huge effective reset on one's day to just reconnect in this way without distractions. Yep. Taking an intentional pause. You can break that up throughout your day. And like you said, it could be just one minute. And that's the beauty of rewiring the brain, creating new pathways is disrupting the old way of doing things. So if you've always been on autopilot and go, 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 the moment you start disrupting that sequence where it's like one minute pause, do nothing or sit in nature, look at something and be in the present moment, that right there, you repeat that and you're creating whole new pathways and whole new level of presence in your life and regulating your nervous system. And like you said, these are simple things, but I think we really try to complicate things a little bit too much in our society at times. I can certainly say that I have reaped the benefits of taking small, intentional, short breaks throughout the days because that has been one practice to help me regulate my nervous system. And that has helped me to defeat anxiety within my life. Another thing we talk about all the time on here is any type of yoga or stretching, just that intentional type of movement that's different from other exercises. Other exercises are a great way to get in touch with your body, but yoga also brings the other centers into the practice. So it can be an even more powerful way to really feel into the body and focus on the breath, focus on relaxing the mind, slowing it down. So along with that is also, of course, meditation. Meditation can seem daunting or scary if you haven't done it, but truly maybe even doing it while you sit outside. It's just clearing your mind or if that feels too impossible because it's really difficult to totally clear our minds, just sitting there and looking at what you're thinking about. What's my brain thinking about? Oh, I'm really thinking about work. Okay, don't judge that. I'm thinking about work. Mm -hmm. And then what does that thought lead to? And just be a witness to your thoughts. That's really all meditation is one form of it. Another one that I really, really love to do, especially now that at least in the Northern Hemisphere, we are entering a cold, chilly season of the winter months is to have a warm drink that you enjoy, whether it's coffee or tea, or I've even done this with just a cup of warm water when I'm feeling really cold. And Mm -hmm. I just take a sip and you feel that warmth travel through your mouth, down your esophagus, into your stomach. You can feel it enter your body. And just noticing that internal feeling that you feel when you Mm. take that first sip of a hot drink is a great way to just connect Mm -hmm. with your body and be Mm -hmm. completely present to what's happening when that liquid enters your system. Yep. Oh my God. That's one of my favorite things ever because of that sensation you just described. And if we just string all of this together that we just mentioned, what's the main takeaway? Slowing down, slowing down being more present. We are not human doings, we're human beings. And our nervous systems cannot take what they are taking nowadays and be sustainable. 
we're going to end up cracking somehow within the immune system, within our, our well-being overall, within the stressors in life. So it's all about slowing down, allow yourself to be and take one of these practices if it sounds good and put that into your day and see if that brings you greater connection to your body where it really all resides within that instinct, that intuitive knowing in your body and that greater connection to your true self as well. Thank you for listening to this episode. Your support is so appreciated. If you'd like to have a question answered about your human design or Enneagram type in a future episode, you can submit it through the link in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. 